Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. A big thank you for joining us today. We've got a great show. We're going to spend the entire show on a singular topic. We don't do that often, but today I think it's worth it. We had an unprecedented opportunity here at Just the News at John Solomon Reports to obtain basically five years worth of disciplinary reports inside the FBI. What things and misconduct FBI agents engage in, FBI employees engage in, and how they're handled, who gets fired, who doesn't. What sort of crimes result in suspension? What sort of crimes or misconduct results in a tap on the hand? It is an extraordinary window that the public almost never gets. But every quarter, every FBI agent gets an email with all of the misconduct cases that were closed in the prior three months. It's, and inside the bureau, it's one of the most read documents. It's not only a gossip sheet for a couple of days, it's also a reminder of the sort of things that humans can get themselves into even when you're inside the premier law enforcement agency in America. And this database we put out to these reports, which come from a whistleblower who's been on the show before, Steve Friend, the agent who stood up for what he says were civil liberties violations in the January 6th investigation. He's brought them to light, contested them, now testifying before Congress. He provided these reports that he downloaded over the years to Just the News so that we could give them to you and you could read them. They have a really remarkable insight. They have a lot of detail. They have a lot of the back and forth. And on the one hand, this agent was really good. On the other hand, this agent did something really bad. And and you kind of get a sense of it. In reading it, you get it. Maybe if you're a first time person understanding these things, it sort of feels like the FBI's gone wild. Like it was spring break day and you got driving drunk and losing guns and sexual harassment and sexual impropriety and sexual assault and assaults. And one of the things that comes out is that there are some behaviors that really do seem to be punished with the most severe penalty, like termination. But for a lot of them, DUI and losing guns particularly, two things that can be very dangerous, there is a propensity to give suspensions or other penalties short of termination. It really stands out in the documents. And we've had a lot of people look at them over the last few days before we broke the story this morning. And the FBI commented to us, they were gracious to give us their own thoughts saying, hey, we think these reports show the system works. Yeah, we got bad apples. We have people who do bad things who are good apples. But at the end of the day, we're trying to make a system of punishment that works to send the right message to our workforce. So they're happy with where they're at. Other people looked at it and said, eh, not so much. There's a lack of discipline or punishment for things like driving junk that should be more severe if you're going to be a member of the most important law enforcement institution in the United States, certainly the most famous. So today we're going to tackle that topic head on. If you want to go read these reports, they're at justadews.com. If you want to read the overview story that I did with my great colleague, Nick Jeevas, it's also on Just the News. You can read that. But what we're going to do today is have conversations with three people with three very different perspectives. They come from three different vantage points, all of them accomplished. The first is Mark Morgan. Now, normally when we talk to Mark Morgan, the topic's the border. Why? Because he's the former commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection Agency. He served under both President Obama and President Trump. He's widely credited for putting together a lot of the ideas that President Trump had that brought illegal immigration down significantly at the border, the southern border. But most people forget this. Before he was at the CPB and in the top job, 
He was an FBI agent and an FBI executive for many years, including overseeing the famed FBI Academy in Quantico as a deputy assistant director of the FBI. He is going to join us and give us his take on discipline, the training aspects of it. Then we're going to go to our good friend, Kevin Brock. He's one of the most respected former executives in the FBI's recent history. He retired as the intelligence chief for the FBI under Robert Mueller, was credited with coming up with a lot of the changes that made the FBI better at fighting foreign threats like terrorism and counterintelligence espionage. And he's going to join us. He has some big insight, particularly on the DUI issue. And he's got an interesting idea about using the FBI's profilers to maybe do some better screening of applicants at the FBI. We're going to get to that. And then finally, the man who made these documents available to us, he spent some time with Amanda and I last night on the TV show. We've adapted it for the podcast today. Steve Friend, the recently retired special agent. He's the man who blew the whistle on what he says were civil liberties violations and civil liberties abuses during the FBI's investigation of the January 6th Capitol riots. He's become quite famous. A lot of people talking to him. He provided these documents to us. He describes why he was motivated to release these documents and, more importantly, what he sees, and what it's interesting, he sees a dual system of discipline that senior executives get a lighter touch than the rank and file agents, and that all of them perhaps aren't holding themselves to the highest standards that the Bureau has always prided itself of. He talked a little bit, you can hear this in the interview, about a sense of entitlement that some people are joining the FBI simply to say they had the badge. They're ticket punching. They're not actually joining to uphold the standards and the storied history of the agency. That's what Steve Friend experienced on the inside, particularly higher up you went in the FBI. He's going to explain why he gave us the documents, why they're important, and what solutions he sees. So we're going to have a lot of solution-oriented discussion, too. We're not only going to highlight the problem, we're going to try to press some true subject experts on what we can do to solve it. But that's our show today. It's a good one. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to kick off the interview portion of the show with our conversation with Mark Morgan, former FBI agent, former deputy assistant director of the FBI, of course, former commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection Agency. We'll have that right after hearing from our great sponsors, partners, and advertisers who make this show and make the journalism of Just the News possible. Be sure to support them because they support us. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. 
I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. This story that we broke last night, a lot of people talking about it, sort of the disciplinary an insight into the disciplinary world of the FBI and the sort of misconduct that shows up in a 35,000-person department that is the FBI. Joining us right now is the former commissioner of the CBP. And normally we, when we talk to Mark Morgan, we talk to him about all the things that he's an expert on the border. But before he took charge of the Border Patrol, he was an esteemed FBI agent and executive for a long time. He has a lot of insights on the FBI story as well. And that's why we're bringing you in today. Mark, great to have you back on the show. You too, John. Thanks for having me. For most people, these reports would be shocking because we don't get to see him in the public very often. But for people who've been in the FBI a long time, these quarterly reports have been sent around for decades. And I know they're meant to sensitize everybody on the things you shouldn't do in the future. But when you look at it and you see the DUIs, you see the lost weapons and other things, any troubling patterns? Or has this sort of been the course from even when the time when you were there overseeing some of the disciplinary issues there? Well, so I, I, John, I actually like how you phrased it. Troubling? Yes, right? I, I mean, look, when we look at the FBI and other federal law enforcement agencies, we do and we should kind of hold them to a higher standard, right? So, so I think when for the first time uh, the, the public sees stuff like that, it, it's troubling. It's troubling for those of us that were still there active. Uh, so troubling, yes, but we have to keep it in perspective as well. And this is what I mean by that. So the, so the FBI, for example, it's, it's about 35,000 strong. That's the size of a small city in the United States, right? So the, and at the end of the day, even though we should high, uh, hold them to a higher standard, they're still not perfect, not infallible. They're still humans, right? I mean, they're, they're not immune from the, the day-to-day life stuff that happens to people. And so even FBI agents, analysts, and professional support personnel, they're still going to, you know, fall to being human and make mistakes, right? But, but I, right? So, but, but I think what we should do as the public, so, though, is say, okay, so when they make mistakes, are we holding them accountable? Are we doing the right thing? Are we making sure that we're doing all we can to prevent those mistakes from happening by these individuals that we should hold in a higher, uh, to a higher standard? That's really the question. And I think in part, I agree with what the FBI's response has been, is that I think by this report, it shows that the system is doing, uh, doing pretty good. Is it perfect? Oh, heck not. Uh, no, we, we can always get better. But just the sheer volume of it shows that, that when, when there is a violation, there is an investigation, and people are being held accountable. Now, we could always have the philosophical debate, was that punishment enough or not? That's always up for discussion, and that's a fair that's a fair talking point. Yeah, and I think people will debate it. But the good news is that there is a monitoring system, and it does look like the FBI tries to put, when you look at these reports, they put the whole picture in there. The guy had a great career, did something really stupid, put his kids in danger, we're going to do this. And so I think people, I, I think for most people, it's just shocking because they've never had a chance to see this. But you're right. The pressures of being human don't suddenly escape just because you joined the FBI. You have them. And, and, and John, if I if, if, if I can real quick. So, so your, your point, too, you know, about that you take someone's they're, they're called Douglas factors. So when somebody has, is accused of, of violating the policy or rule within the FBI or federal government, as that's going through, they also fill out these things called Douglas factors, which does exactly what you said. It takes into account their entire career. So let me just give a quick example. And I know there's a thousand we could talk about and still debate. But let's say somebody is a 15-year storied career, has done incredible stuff, has been received no, no, uh, numerous awards, and, and they go to the bathroom. All right? I know this is going to – just go with me for a second. So they, they go to the bathroom, right, and you got a gun. So you don't want the gun to drop to the floor. So as you do, you, a lot of times you take it and you place the gun on the back of the commode, right? And so you get done, you, you, you're getting dressed, you, the phone rings, uh, you, you look at it real quick, it's a text from your boss, and you start immediately going to the text and you walk out, guess what you did? You left your gun on the commode. Now, should that person be fired? Look, I, I think not. 
Should, should there be some accountability? Should, should you actually, you know, get, get some days off? Yes. But does, does a 15 year storied career, should that end because they did something really stupid? I don't think so. And so I just use that as an example because there are other examples where I think we could have the debate and they got 60 days, but man, it seems like they should have gotten fired. And I guarantee you, that's the threshold. When you get 60 days, that means there were there were debates going because if you get, go over 60 days, then you're getting fired. Right, exactly. So, so, so that's why I say, yeah, I think that's fair. You know, when you see some of these 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 uh, incidents and you get in 60 days, I think it's fair to have discussion. Man, wh- why didn't that person get fired? I think that's exactly what people are talking about today. It's really interesting. Kevin Brock, the former intelligence uh, assistant director for intelligence, had an interesting idea towards the end of it. And it's larger than just the disciplinary reports. There is this growing concern that there's a group of people that have now joined the FBI not to be FBI agents, but to settle scores or to use the power of law enforcement to maybe achieve a political outcome. And we saw that in the recent Catholic memo where you really can see someone's ideology coming through and targeting Catholics without really a true threat analysis going on. He says one of the things that could be really helpful is to do better screening of candidates earlier in the process and use some of the know-how that the FBI has had for a long time in profiling to try to find people and root them out because maybe they are coming just for a political score or maybe they do have a propensity for X or Y. Is that something that in a modern day hiring environment could be useful for the FBI to make sure that the best, brightest and purest of intention are really joining the FBI? Well, so I think that's a good philosophical discussion to have. And so I, I, I don't want to say that, that he's not correct in, 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 you know, putting that into context. But what I will say, my experience, and I've been involved in the hiring process, I was assistant director of the FBI's academy. So I, I saw every single employee for the FBI go through the academy, right? And what I will say is the FBI has some of the most rigorous hiring process of any federal agency uh, in, in the United States. So they're, they're, the, the background checks that they do, especially for uh, special agents, is second to none. The, the rigorous screening process, I don't know what the numbers are. Don't hold me to this, but I think for every single agent that gets through, there's, you know, thousands that, that, that get rejected. So, and having said that, now, now is, but, but to go to his point, is it perfect? No. Could there still be areas of improvement? Yeah, and I think that's the point that he's trying to make. But at the end of the day, John, you and I talked about it. At the end of the day, the wokeness that we're seeing trickled down from the leadership all the way down to the rank and file. It's not about the hiring process. It's about leadership. Yeah, that's such a great point. And when you've seen the director, Director Chris Ray, he always gives us everything is fine here. Don't worry about it. We got it all under control. That constant repetition of something that obviously conflicts with the facts. Keep your head low and let our work speak for itself, right? He says that all the time. He does. Right? That's his favorite way. line. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. And those days are those days are gone. Those and that's what I get so frustrated with Director Ray. He's 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 leading the organization like it was twenty years ago instead of twenty twenty three. Times are changed. Different leadership approaches need to be made. I think he's found the organization and the public. Yeah. And it's hard to avoid the political elements of going on in our society because like just like we talked about the human elements of the pressures of the job or drinking or things that do happen as a human, politics is so embedded into our society right now. The FBI can't say, oh, we're just going to ignore that. You have to address that the divisive politics could also be affecting the bureau. He just doesn't seem to want to go down that lane and even scratch at it for a second. You are one of the most innovative people I've met in law enforcement. You're always looking at new and fresh ideas that maybe can make a difference. That's how you made so much a difference at the border during the Trump years. Are there some ideas that you've been thinking about, given the extraordinary lens you had at the academy and other places? Are there some things that could happen at the leadership level now that would put the FBI in a much better course than it is? Yeah, yes. John, look, that's the question. I think it goes to the heart of what we've just been talking about, about Director Ray. Look, it starts at the top. If, if you want to have any substantive change with, with a culture within an organization, it's got to start at the top. What I will say is the significant shift in the culture in the FBI right now in a bad way started at the top, right? It started with Comey, and it has lasted. Director Ray come in, has come in. Look, I don't think he's a Comey, but where he's failed is he has not recognized he has to shift in his approach, and he has to be more outward-facing. I'll give you an example. If I was a director right now, I would go to the deputy director. I would say, deputy director, 
you're going to be in charge of day-to-day operations, right? We have a ton of, of, of agents and analysts and, and, and personnel that are great at what they do, protecting this country, upholding the, the Constitution of the United States. My primary job as a director right now in today's time is to do an outward-facing campaign to, 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 to Congress and to the American people to show them that the FBI is not being politically weaponized to somehow regain the trust the public has in this organization. That should be his first priority, and it's not, John. And that's why every single day, more erosion of the public's trust in the justice system and the FBI is happening every single day because he's not taking it on at his level. Some of the people I've talked to, Kevin Brock among them, some of the whistleblowers that have come on this show say he's more interested in consorting with the agents than he is in leading them. And that's an interesting dynamic to to, to think about because when you're the director, it's just that you can't be buddies with everybody. You got to do the job and you did it so well in all the places you've been a leader. I I call it pandering. I call it pandering. It's so, it's so easy Right. It is, John. It's so easy to go to all these field offices and say to the guys and gals, hey, man, you guys, you're on the front line. Don't listen to what's being told, uh, what's being talked about. You're this unsung heroes. I know you. I know your character. You're just, you know, it's, it's all BS pandering, right? It, 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 because if you're truly wanting to solve the crisis, don't get out there and say what's easy to say to your crowd that you're going to get a standing ovation. Get out there on, on Fox or Newsmax and CNN and get out there and hold press conferences and talk to reporters both on the right and left and take the hard incoming questions in and make it very clear. Like I, I, I'll give you an example. When, when they were attacking parents, right, and basically calling them terrorists, you know, I, 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 would, have, I would have held a press conference of the, as the director. And I would have said, I want to assure the American people, I'm telling you right now, as the director, that will not happen. I don't care what letter was sent by the attorney general or DOJ. I will not allow the FBI to be weaponized for political or perceived political benefit. I'm not doing it. Here's my guarantee. And here's what I'm doing, by the way. If he would have done that, he would have took about 60 percent of the well, the wind out of the negative perception cell that's going out there, in my opinion. Yeah, such a great piece of advice. There is such a missed moment over the last couple of years. I, we could all see it looking on the outside, looking in. You go, oh, my God, if he had just done X, maybe the Bureau would have woke up or snapped out of the, the sort of the arc it's in. And it doesn't seem to happen. I can't have you on without talking about the border. Just one thing, because you have such an expertise on it. A lot of people have been reacting. It sounded like Joe Biden did a whole lot on the border with some major changes or being portrayed as major changes in the asylum rules. In fact, it looks to me, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm being too callous, it looks more like a head fake than a substantive change. In fact, it may actually make things better for those who want to let more illegal immigrants into the country. Tell us your assessment of the Biden changes on the asylum rules. So I I just wrote down what you said, John, head fake. And if you don't mind, I'm stealing that from going forward. So, so because that, that's exactly, that, that is the perfect way to describe it. And here's, and look, it's 153 pages uh, long, the IFR, the interim final rule on asylum. But for your listeners, just to read the first paragraph, that's all I'm asking to read the first paragraph, because that's the key part. And there's, there's one word in there, it's or, because what it says is, is that, that a migrant from anywhere in the face of the planet, you, you have to um, either Seek relief from a safe third country that you transit through, wait for it, or or avail yourselves of a legal pathway to get into the United States. Or if you illegally enter it, you're going to be denied. The or is the key, because what is the or? The or is the CBP-1 app they just developed, which, which is a, a perversion and violation of the law. It's unconstitutional. They have created an unconstitutional, quote, legal pathway. And now they're in the asylum rule that they're trying to push out. They're saying, if you avail yourself of this unconstitutional perversion, violation of law, legal pathway, then you're still going to be able to be released to the United States. So so all they have to do, the, 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 the deal they've made, and to refrain from illegally entering between the ports of entry, all you have to do, regardless if you've traveled through 10 safe third countries, it doesn't matter, get to Mexico, Fill out the app, make an appointment, come to a port of entry where you be processed and released in the United States. That's all they've done. It's a head fake. They've shifted the burden from in between the ports of entry to the to the ports of entry. It won't deter anybody. It won't reduce the flow. It won't stop the, the fraudulent, massive uh, uh, fraud uh, uh, abuse of our system. And, and uh, migrants are still going to be released in the United States. And one last thing for my own credibility, here's what we have to be honest about. 
Will it be a positive to reduce the flow of, of those illegally in between the ports of entry? John, it will. Any reduction of those illegal entry means more agents will be out of the facilities, they'll be on the lines, catch more drugs and bad people. But my question is, at what cost? It's it, a violation of the rule of law and the Constitution. I think that's too heavy of a price to pay for a benefit. Yeah. They're just making up law now, which they've done on every front, EPA, it doesn't matter where. They're refusing to force the law and they're making up new law. It's absolutely a stunning moment. And my guess is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is I bet you all the NGOs, all the nonprofit organizations that are part of the immigration trafficking system that we now have here, the illegal immigration trafficking system, they have been preparing for this. They probably have the paperwork, everything ready to streamline this so that the numbers keep going up. That alliance between the NGOs and nonprofit organizations and the Biden administration and before that, the Obama, that really is the sort of secret sauce that a lot of Americans don't see every day, right? It's really a full business, isn't it? It, it is exactly right. Look, we're already getting uh, intelligence that those NGOs are already in Mexico, already helping migrants fill out the CBP-1 app. And, and here's what's going to be very important, because, you know, John, I always like to talk about data. And this is what I really, for, for your, your listeners and viewers to really pay attention to, is, again, the number of those coming to lawful ports of entry. Again, it, it's a head fake. It's a shell game. And here, he'll give me another stat. The last 24 months, the, those coming to ports of entry claiming asylum have increased 212%. So they, they've claimed victory that those illegally in the last few months has gone down by 40%. By at the ports of entry, the last 24 months, it's gone up. 212%. In FY21, it was about 24,000 every month. Right now, this fiscal year, OFO, they're receiving over 75,000 and it's climbing. So as the numbers go down in between the ports of entry, the numbers are going up out of ports of entry in kind using what I think is an unlawful, quote, legal pathway. It's a shell game. It's a head fake. It's not. There's no deterrence. There's no reduction in fraudulent claims and they're still being released. It's just going to keep coming. It is so frustrating. You got to give the Democrats a lot of credit. They're really good at creating the mirage. They make everything look something that it isn't just to own the political narrative. It's going to be very important for Republicans and perhaps some of these attorneys generals to really challenge these things in court, get the courts. The courts have been one of the few places where conservatives and Republicans or people of law and order have been able to prevail. You think that's going to be the main battlefront for the next year of the court system? I think so, because I was hopeful, uh, but skeptical of the Republicans. And now my skepticism has taken over my hopefulness. Uh, look, they, they've, had, they've had two years, John. The Republicans had two years to get their act together. They've complained about this administration for two years. They campaigned on it for two years. But yet when they got back to House, where is the first? meaningful piece of border security legislation. There's yet to be anything put on the floor for a vote by the Republicans, and they have been doing nothing but blaming and complaining the Democrats for two years. Again, they ran on it. They won the House on it, yet they failed to get a single piece of meaningful legislation to secure a border across the the line. So, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely skeptical. So right now, it looks like the courts, and we still have you know, states like Texas and Florida and others that are leading the way, uh, and, and their, their, their winning streak is pretty darn good. And right now, there's multiple states that are pushing back against the CBP one app, right, specifically the use of uh, parole, which we believe is unlawful. I think they're going to win on that. Yeah, I think you're right as well. But you're right. Seven weeks of Republican leadership in the House, zero, zero immigration legislation votes. They prevented H.R. 29, Chip Roy's border security bill, three Republican, Republicans Stop that bill from getting to a floor for a vote. That's where we're at right now. You are exactly right, as you often are, my good friend. Mark, thank you for the insights, particularly on the FBI. You've had such a storied career. Sometimes people forget the incredible role you played at the FBI. But I thought your thoughts today really important on these documents so people have the perspective, context, and opportunity that they present. And, of course, you always give us the straight truth at the border. Great honor to have you on. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. Thanks, my friend. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Kevin Brock, former assistant director for intelligence at the FBI, one of the most respected former executives in the FBI, here to talk about these reports and what they mean right after this. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So 
you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back, America. At the top of the show, we told you a little bit about those disciplinary reports going from 2017 to 2022, showing the sort of misconduct that has been going on in the FBI. Everything from driving under the influence to losing uh, valuable weapons, including an M4 carbide rifle, which is a very lethal weapon, uh, to uh, assaults and sexual misconduct, uh, scores and scores of agents and FBI employees implicated in wrongdoing. But a lot of times they don't get fired. They get two weeks, four weeks on the beach. Well, somebody who knows a lot about how to run the FBI in a day when it was much better run uh, is the former assistant director for intelligence of the FBI, Kevin Brock, our good friend. And he's here to discuss this and a whole lot more with us. Kevin, great to have you back on the show. Always my pleasure. Thanks for having me back, John. Amanda, how are you? Oh, doing well. Great to have you here. We really want to try to understand these disciplinary documents, these quarterly reports, they've been around forever. I've known agencies to laugh when they would come out. But you get a glimpse in this last four or five years of a large amount of misconduct. I think most Americans are unaware is going on. How should we read these? How do you read them as someone who really knows how the bureau works? Yeah, you're right. These reports have been generated for um, decades. I remember reading them when I was in the FBI. Um, they were always distressing because you can't believe some of the behaviors that you're reading about. Um, I will say in, in in looking at the latest tranche that you sent over the last few years, and I wasn't in the FBI at that time, I was a, a bit heartened on one hand to see that the, it looked like the Bureau was being a little bit more aggressive in dismissing bad behavior and dismissing people off the rolls, uh, whereas before they had kind of struggled with that. That said, uh, there were, were um, a predominance of violations regarding the use of alcohol, either DUI, where, where the agent became belligerent and or, or had his own children in the car, right. uh, his or her own children in the car, or um, alcohol-fueled sexual harassment and sexual assault and battery, a number of these violations. And I was seeing that the, uh, in, in a lot of the cases, particularly in the DUI, there was not many dismissals. They were getting you know, uh, 20, 30, 40 days of suspension without pay. And, and that struck me as something, a little bit of a divergence from the past. Louis Free, when he was director, drew a bright line that said, anybody who misuses alcohol and gets in a bureau car is going to be dismissed. And that stopped a lot of bad behavior. I'm wondering if there's been a little bit of backsliding on that. Uh, just for a brief illustration, I noticed that one violation where an agent was uh, given 60 days suspension for just using CBD oil, which has no impairment uh, qualities, but it does have, it leaves T, uh, THC in the blood. Uh, it showed a little bit of, um, you know, thinking that wasn't that logical. Uh, so I would like to see a return to uh, a much brighter line on the abuse of alcohol and, and which leads to so many uh, other bad behaviors. Um, but you're right, John, uh, these reports are difficult to read. I'll make one other quick point, and that is um, the Bureau now has years and years and years of data on agents who break bad and commit bad acts, intentional bad acts of malfeasance in, in their role of the FBI. We have, the FBI has a famous behavioral science unit that can predict 
or, or look at qualities that might lead to uh, identifying a serial killer or identify traits in individuals that lead to criminal behavior. Uh, the Bureau is sitting on a mountain of data now where they can look at behaviors that have not done well inside the FBI, personality traits. And I think they can be a little bit more aggressive in screening for that up front uh, when they yeah. conduct their psychological profiles of applicants. Um, I would encourage that, and I think that's uh, that's possible and, and may go a long way towards the FBI finding um, problematic personality traits before they hire them. That's why we love having yeah. you on the show. We get real ideas. That's a great idea. I've never heard that. Yeah. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah, the FBI invented profiling. You'd think they'd be a little bit better at profiling their own applicants. Yeah, yeah. position heal myself. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that one of the, or I imagine one of the primary purposes of circulating a document like this is to remind agents and analysts of their their moral and legal obligations. But it seems to me that after cycle after cycle, when you have uh, agents and analysts committing issues like this, you know, with the the drunk driving and and losing semi-automatic weapons. It seems to me that it sends a different message and the message is, yeah, they did these things and they're still here. Yes, exactly. So you'll notice when you read those through those reports, there are very few reports of agents abusing drugs. Why? Because they know if they do, they're out the door meeting. No questions asked, don't pass, go, you're gone. I think the same standards have to be applied to to uh, really bad behaviors involving drunk driving, involving fraud, commission of fraud, violating federal law. Uh, these have to be bright line issues that agents understand, agents and, and analysts and all other support employees understand that if they cross that line, they have no further career with the FBI and they risk and probably will lose uh, their access to their security clearance, which will impair their ability to get any other kind of government job. Such an important message to send. Uh, I want to talk about two things that are in the news. The Catholic memo, this extraordinary memo. We broke it on this show. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks. I want to get your reaction to that. And also these train derailments, they don't feel like a coincidence. Am I being a little too suspicious on that? I don't think so. I'm having the same instincts, uh, John. I uh, When I ran a squad in uh, the Pacific Northwest years ago, we indicted eight individuals on, on uh, a conspiracy to uh, derail uh, a, a Burlington Northern Railway. And these were anti government, white supremacist, domestic terrorist types, violent individuals. And, um, but it indicates a, a line of thinking that I think has been popular within those uh, circles. Uh, we look at the recent uh, attacks on uh, electrical uh, distributions, uh, transformers, and that type of thing um, as a target. These targets, railroads, uh, railways have held fascination within those domestic terrorism circles. And so, now that we're seeing a flurry of that type of activity, I don't think we just can dismiss it as accidental or coincidental, particularly when we're getting reports that uh, we're getting we're seeing failures on specific parts of the train, which suggests, you know, the, the opportunity or perhaps the targeting for sabotage. So um, if if I were still in the FBI running terrorism cases, I'd be looking very hard at that and uh, tasking my uh, my sources to get me uh, clarity on that. Hey, real quick, we got about 30 seconds, but the Catholic memo, I know you have a lot of strong thoughts on that one. I do, and I'm, I'm you know, happy beginning of Lent. I'm, I'm wearing my ashes in solidarity with my faithful Catholic brethren who might be disturbed or concerned about what the FBI is thinking along those lines. The good news is it, it appears to be a one-off. The FBI headquarters did the right thing, dismissed it, said this does not meet our standards. But it, is, it does raise concern that there's people inside the FBI that might be you know, equating faithful Catholicism with a, with a, being easily influenced by, you know, radical extremist, violent domestic terrorists. And, and that's that's not right. It's speculative. It's not grounded in any thought. And I want to reassure your li- uh, listeners that that's that's not common inside the FBI. All right, folks, you've got one more block. You're going to hear from the man who made these FBI disciplinary reports available to Justin News, FBI whistleblower Steve Fred, right after these messages. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes 
without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. We're going to stay on that subject of the FBI and government accountability as our next guest was a 12-year veteran special agent who was suspended from the Bureau after making a whistleblower complaint and speaking out against the department. Steve Friend joins us now. Steve, welcome back on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for being here, and thank you for these documents. You know, um, these documents, these demerits, this misconduct, was this, did you consider this to be par for the course? Were you surprised by this, or was it a situation where cycle after cycle you saw the same types of misconduct and it was just allowed to fly? Well, the, the, the OPR quarterly email gets sent out uh, every quarter, and it was I can always guarantee that there were going to be four of the least productive days around the FBI because everybody was just <laughs> monitoring their email and reading it in depth and discussing it. And, and the, the FBI is a large organization. I mean, it's 40,000 strong. Um, not necessarily all of them are agents, and, and not necessarily everybody in those uh, in those documents is an agent. Uh, so you're going to have regular regular folks getting into into shenanigans. But at the same time, you know, I always uh, put my faith in, in the screening process to get to the FBI. It always prides itself on being the best and the brightest, the fine men and women of the FBI, and, and we should hold ourselves to a higher standard. Yeah, that's clearly um, that's clearly something you have to come walk away thinking. And it's good that these are out there to sensitize the rest of the force. Don't make these mistakes again. But there seems to be some really repetitive things. But I want to ask you personally, because you had your security clearance suspended for 150 days. You were denied pay. You weren't accused of doing a single thing wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. And yet you lost your pay for 150 days. Then you see people who had serious alcohol issues or sexual impropriety or losing a weapon, serious stuff to put public in danger. And they don't get even nearly as big a penalty. Seems like a dual system going on there. Am I misreading that? No, you're not. And that was really uh, my, my reason for bringing these forward and, and making them available to the public. Uh, one, I'm a believer in radical transparency. You get a you get credentials in the FBI. You're not a secret agent. You're supposed to present those credentials to anybody upon request. So I think everybody should be held accountable and uh, and the agency should make these made public, uh, you know, more easily than having a, some scurned uh, <laughs> former FBI agent making uh, available to you, John. Uh, but I do think that there's a double standard here. Uh, you know, when I brought my concerns forward, the best thing that they could have done was to investigate them to see if they're, they're accurate and then either taking corrective action or explain to me uh, why I was mistaken. But instead, the, uh, the FBI lobbed all of its, its resources and time into attacking me and, and holding me in this purgatory. Uh, but uh, that was because I was willing to push back and, and, and on the agency for mistakes I think that it's making. Obviously, with these situations, these people were just content to get their job back and, and they weren't going to tarnish the shield more than you know, they already had. Yeah. Good point. Steve, another concern I think that the American people have is uh, with respect to national security and in the intelligence community. They saw, of course, with the uh, the Steele dossier as far as Russian collusion, but there has been a bastardization of the classification process to uh, what it seems to be now, which is to use it to target opponents. Is this a situation where they are ignoring the standards of classification or are they exploiting it for their own gain? It could be a little bit of both, but in my experience, the weaponization process is as clear as, as anything you can see. And certainly my situation where I was, it was used to circumvent the disciplinary processes, even though I really wasn't uh, committing any sort of disciplinary infraction, just because I was a problem for them to walk me out. But this is also a larger issue. Uh, you, you have an agency that houses unclassified documents uh, next to classified or on a classified system, which is you know, an example with these OPR quarterlies. They're on, they're housed on a classified system. They are unclassified. So every time that somebody wants to go in and review those for their own reference, as I did, you're making that system vulnerable to hack. And then when it comes to my own personal security clearance that I had, it was a, the highest as it got it was a TSSEI clearance. I was given that clearance in order to have access to a SCIF in a small office, and it didn't pertain to any of my work. I was told, you're the new guy. You have to go in there if the alarm goes off. 
And that was why I was given that clearance. Wow. Boy, that's telling. What a piece of insight that is. Steve, I want to ask you about two types of behavior that really struck me. The alcohol-induced behavior, because uh, you see it involved in a lot of the cases, not just the DUIs, but also a, a breathtaking amount of sexual misconduct, including having sex with an informant. We, everybody knows you're not supposed to do that. Sex with, a, I think, a prisoner in one case. Uh, sex with subordinates. I mean, we are far enough into the 21st century. Those things are clearly off-limit. Everybody knows it. What's going on? Does the problem, what, what's going on in the Bureau with those two issues? I think it's a sense of entitlement, and, and it's evidenced in a lot of these, these other issues where you see that uh, they'll have interaction with local law enforcement, and the first thing out of their mouth is they identify themselves as being a part of the FBI. And that contributes to a, a, some static in the relationship with local law enforcement partners because there still is this die-hard movie scene where it's uh, Agent Johnson and Johnson, no relation, and the big guns are here to, to handle things. And it just it creates a mess because the FBI's bread and butter is liaising with local law enforcement you shouldn't be throwing that badge on the table and declaring yourself better than the rest. But there is definitely a sense of entitlement uh, that has seeped into the agency, and too many people are just content to have a gold badge and gun on their hip but not actually do the work that's required. They're sitting on the shoulders of giants, people that investigated Bonnie and Clyde, Al Capone, terrorist networks, organized crime, and, and they need to uphold that reputation as opposed to just living on the exhaust fumes that it, uh, it has. Powerful words. And the, the sexual harassment is, is incredible. When it's Hollywood, it's hashtag me too. When it's the FBI, it's hashtag all good, I guess. Um, I wanted to ask you about something that you tweeted out with respect to the field office in Mobile, Alabama. They're going to be closed for Mardi Gras due to severely restricted access from Mardi Gras parades and events and such. Um, this was something that you highlighted in your tweet. I, sure, I surely hope that no terrorist attacks or anything happen. Yeah, as do I, and especially since the special agent in charge of that field office has a background in weapons of mass destruction and counterterrorism. So you would think that that would bias him to actually beef up staffing to prevent a mass catastrophe, a mass casualty event uh, for something that is, is planned well in advance. Certainly parade routes and, and crowd control can be put in a way that it doesn't interfere with the uh, federal facility. And, and if those individuals do interfere, the, F the FBI is definitely amenable to uh, prosecuting individuals for trespassing in restricted areas, as we saw with January 6th. So it's not like they don't have anything at their disposal to, to prevent that from happening. I think this was just the case of, of the boss in charge using this as uh, an opportunity to, to give his people off for the day to go partake in Mardi Gras, and that may do well for the personnel uh, morale, and it may do well for people approving of him within that office, but at the end of the day, the American people are not served by that, and we're not they were paid to serve the American public, not to be out there partying with them. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. So grateful you can join. A big thank you to Mark Morgan and Kevin Brock and Steve Friend for joining us and giving us a lot of insight on a very important issue. Be sure to go check out the full story. Go read the reports. They're fascinating reading. We seldom get, as American taxpayers, an opportunity to see the true disciplinary files of the FBI. That's what this service and this particular project has given us. We're very excited about that. But be sure to check in tomorrow. We have another great show planned. Until then, if you need a news fix, go to justinnews.com or get download the Justin News app from the iOS, Apple, or Android stores, and you'll be able to really get the latest in Justin News, whether it's breaking headlines, listening to this show, or watching our TV show at 6 o'clock. That's always a joy. We're always glad to do it. And finally, just one other thought to think about it. A lot of people ask me, John, we love what Justin News does. We love the courage you show. We love the honesty in the reporting or the transparency in the reporting. What can we do to support you? And I just want to give you one idea. If you can afford it, if you want to do it, we're trying to hire some more reporters. Why? Because we're getting so many whistleblowers coming in. We don't have the staff to process and investigate all of the allegations and claims that are coming in under the Biden administration. So we're trying to hire four more reporters. One way we're going to do that is ask more people in our listenership, our viewership, our readership to become members of the Just the News VIP Club. This is a very special club. When you, it's $4.99 a month or $44.99 a year. For that money, which we're going to put all to the new reporters, you get two things. One, an ad-free experience. No more blinking ads or autoplay videos. You get to read the site 
without the advertising, just all the news and none of the ads. That's an important opportunity worth paying up for for some people. And then you also get a chance every month to sit down with me for an hour and join a town hall where I answer our readers and viewers and listeners' questions for a full hour, whatever you want to talk about. In fact, tonight's town hall is tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's not too late. If you join now, we can still get you into the conference tonight. But that's the two benefits of the VIP club, the Justin News VIP club, ad-free experience on the website and a remarkable opportunity to sit around with other readers and listeners and viewers of Justin News and ask questions about the news of the day. I attend every month and we answer your questions. We usually go an hour. Sometimes we go an hour and a half, however long the questions take. But those are two reasons. And every dollar that you're going to give towards us, if you join, is going to go to our hiring some more reporters to take us to the next level of investigative reporting, accountability reporting, breaking news reporting. A lot of whistleblowers approaching us. We need more people to check out their claims and make sure they're true. And if they are true, to report them to you so you can make up your own mind. All right, folks, that wraps up today's edition. God bless you. If you want to go check out the VIP Club, all you got to do is go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Justthenews.com slash subscribe. Now, if you want to download the app, you go to the iOS Apple Store or the Android Google Play Store, download the Just the News app there. And of course, if you want to get our daily newsletter, so you like have a newspaper in your inbox every email every morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time, just go to justthenews.com slash newsletter, justthenews.com slash newsletter. All right, that wraps it up. God bless you. Have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.